What's up, guys? This is Impact on Purpose. Change your home and your dome by making powerful choices and loving others well. We hope you enjoy the episode. And remember, brace for impact. Welcome back to Impact on Purpose. Uh, this one's going to get a little heated pretty quickly. I wish Doyle was here to balance me out. But before we get into uh, what actually is going on here, I just wanted to remind you guys that we are on YouTube at Impact on Purpose. Uh, so if you could please subscribe there and share, that would be awesome. And of course, we're on podcasts. So if you could give us a rating and a review, that would be excellent. It would give me some feedback, which would be great. And it also helps um, the Apple and other services algorithms to make us more visible. So please just take a second and uh, go grab those things really quick and then come right back. All right, so um, this, is, this is being posted on the day of the election. I'm, I'm recording it on the day of the election. I already voted today, um, but it is completely about how politics reveals uh, or is revealing in America who, who we really are as individuals, as believers, and as a country. Um, and I'm sure you can agree that it's not not good things are happening. Um, so I'm going to give a little bit back, a, a little bit of background by, about myself and where I'm coming from on this issue, uh, but I'm mostly going to try to let the, God, the Word of God speak here um, so that I don't seem, you know, just way out of left field. So um, as far as how old I am and how many elections I've been through, I, I've, you know, only remembered a couple. Uh, I'm only 28, so I've only lived through a couple of presidents that I can even remember. Um, but uh, I remember enough of each election um, from even from the first, uh, even from George W. Bush when I was really young all the way through now um, to always remember how controversial society got, how controversial even the classroom got um, when I was a kid. Um, and it's only gotten worse since then. So that is my main memory about election day and about politics in general is that it is the most controversial thing um, that happens in America once every four years. So uh, that has really put me off of politics. If you catch me in a casual conversation um, and ask me if I'm up on the news, my answer will always be no, I don't watch the news. Uh, and it's not an accident. I don't do it on purpose. Um, I'm, I do discuss current events with people, but I have no desire, uh, and I, I have no desire to be caught up on the, the gossip, the politics, the polls, um, none of it at all. Um, so that's where I'm coming from. That doesn't mean I'm right. It's actually, A lot of the scripture is going to correct that attitude as well. Um, so that's where I'm coming from. I'm uh, pretty passive when it comes to being involved in politics. But again, I do vote and I do appreciate the right to vote and the fact that we live in a country that we get to vote. Um, it's a pretty cool thing and it's definitely not something that all people in all places experience now and it's definitely not something that all believers in all places have experienced throughout history. So I'm all for it, um, but let's just look at the scripture, and I, I hope you'll see what's going on here. So we're going to start in First Peter 2. Uh, he starts this section by saying, So put away all malice and deceit and hypocrisy and envy and all slander. That's how he starts this section. Um, those are words that I would describe um, the environment that we are in right now with politics. I would describe it as malicious and deceitful and hypocrisy uh, is rampant and envy and slander are part of the race. They're part of the strategy to get elected in any office and uh, not in any office but especially in the bigger offices. 
and I hope you guys see that we participate in that all the time. Uh, every every uh, offense that we hold on to because we find someone who doesn't believe in what we believe, every um, word that we speak degrading one of the other candidates or one of the one of, or the president that's elected that we don't like, is participating exactly in that and fueling um, the controversy and the the conflict that is just rolling through America right now. So in the next section, after, uh, after that instruction, he says, be subject to the Lord, for the Lord's sake to every human institution, whether it, is to, uh, whether it to be, be to the emperor as supreme or the governors as sent by him to punish those who do evil and to praise those who do good. For this is the will of God, that by doing good, you should put to silence the ignorance of foolish people. Live as people who are free, not using your freedom as a cover-up for evil, but living as servants of God. Honor everyone, love the brotherhood, fear God, honor the emperor. So for me, um, this, this really corrects the, the, con the common attitude of, you know, like hashtag not my president or um, just, just kind of refusing to accept. I've done the same thing with other things, so I'll mention that in a second. But refusing to accept what has been given to us and what, and what God, um, the rulers that God has appointed over us. Right, we we are we are a country that kind of thrives on the spirit of rebellion. Like we're kind of America originated on the spirit of rebellion, and we we still carry that attitude today. Um, and it's hurting it's hurting us. It's it's especially hurting um, the the church's testimony to um, the world that we we agree that we should be rebelling against what God has put in place. Um, so for me that. I, you know, this came into realization when the mask rules came into place, and I was like, I don't want to wear a mask. And I really had to struggle with the fact that honoring the government and honoring uh, the mandates that are put in place um, by the people above me is what believers do. It's just what we do. It's what Jesus did. Um, and it's, it's how we create or how we live out our testimony is to be honoring, uh, even when we completely disagree with something, um, especially, especially after the election is over and the president has been elected, whichever one it is, uh, whichever governor, whichever congressman, whatever, um, to then be discontent with that and dishonorable and disrespectful is, is completely di uh, directly opposed to the scripture right here of what Peter's saying, uh, how to live in a good testimony to the people around us, which is how he prefaces that whole section. Um, so just something to consider. Please consider. I, I really think that um, the church has such an opportunity right now, even this very day, to stop trying to convince people of which way to vote and start trying to show, uh, start showing people how to act when we meet up with other people who voted opposite of us. Um, that's the opportunity we have. We, we don't get to change people's minds. It's not our job. And in fact, we're showing, you know, the whole country is showing the world that you can't change people's minds just by yelling at them. Um, that's what we've been doing for the last three months of this, as this election ramps up, um, and it doesn't work. Um, so instead of trying to change people's minds or separate yourself from people that think differently than you, um, why don't we try to, I'm, again, I'm sorry, I'm challenging myself as well here, try, let's try to love the people that we disagree with by hearing them out, by respectfully disagreeing, and by loving them all the same, by seeking connection uh, instead of pulling away out of fear or out of anger or out of frustration that we are not in control of their thoughts. 
we don't get to control anybody else. And it's only on the good days that we're, we can control ourselves. Um, so let's focus on what we can control. All right, so um, we're going to go to another scripture here. Romans 13 says, Let every person be subject to the governing authorities, for there is no authority <clears throat> except from God, and those that exist have been instituted by God. Therefore, whoever resists the authorities resists what God has appointed, and those who resist will incur judgment. For rulers are not a terror to good conduct, but bad. Would you have no fear? Uh, yeah. Would you have no fear of the one who is in authority? Then do what is good, and you will receive his approval. I'm going to stop there. there. There's plenty more in Romans 13 for that, but I want to just emphasize that first verse again. Let every person be subject to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except from God, and those that exist have been instituted by God. And so again, this is this is incredibly contradictory to what um, even the church has kind of put out there, and even what I've believed as a believer. Uh, even in the last two weeks, um, it, which is that God could mess up and ha put the wrong person in charge. Um, the point that Romans or that Paul is making here is that whoever is in authority, God blesses that position. Whoever it is, God protects that position, He leads that position, and He blesses that position. All right. So whether we agree or disagree, um, we're still called to live under that authority because it's given, the authority itself to rule over people is given by God. Uh, and that is an extreme challenge when someone is elected that we completely disagree with. Um, I, I live in that world also. It, it's not like I don't live under authorities that um, I disagree with. I do. Um, and yet that is the challenge that Paul, or the command that Paul issues to us, is to live under their authority because God has given them their authority, whether we dis whether we didn't we voted for them or not, whether we agree with their policies or not, whether we think that their policies are sheer evil or not, and that actually brings up a much more potent verse in in Jeremiah. So let's pretend that, um, or you don't have to pretend. This is probably reality for most people um, that whoever either is president now or gets elected tomorrow, either way, um, you think is evil, you think is not moral, sinful, or just plain evil towards other people, right? No matter who it is, no matter what the office is, okay? Jeremiah 7 says, But seek the, the welfare of the city where I have sent you into exile, and pray to the Lord on its behalf. For in its welfare you will find your welfare. So God sent these people away. They were in exile to Babylon, the emperor of which destroyed Judah, destroyed Jerusalem, took everyone captive, forcefully, killed a ton of their, their people, uh, moved them to a different city, and was a generally terrible person um, who was worshipped as, worshipped as God. All right? So I don't think in America we're in any situation where it's that severe, and yet that is God's command, is in the place where you are exiles, Pray for the welfare of that place, right? Pray for the welfare of that place. In fact, going back to Romans, Paul talks about um, being in subjection not only um, to good leaders, but also to unjust leaders. So we don't get to um, feel rebellious or be disrespectful of our leaders because they're unjust. Um, Paul's saying, regardless of whether the... Uh, ruler, I think Peter says it too, regardless of whether the ruler is just or unjust, you should still seek to do good 
and honor and respect the authority of those leaders. Um, and again, this is super hard to do, and yet it's a challenge that's issued over and over and over again throughout the Bible, um, and it's unavoidable. We, we cannot, as believers, say we're following in Jesus' footsteps and continue to slander, disrespect, dishonor our elected officials or the people in authority over us. Um, it's not a good testimony, and it's, it's not showing the world who Jesus is. It's not showing the world the love of Jesus. And so I'm challenging myself today um, as someone who has been very passive in this field um, to engage in those conversations in a loving way, to seek connection in those conversations um, instead of just dismissing, right? It's that, that's just as bad as engaging negatively. Um, and I, I just recognize that I've, I've done that so many times is dismiss the conversation so that I don't have to participate. And in doing that, I am erasing the possibility of connection with that person. Um, and on the other hand, for those who would go full head on into those conversations uh, as a debate and try to convince the other person or control the other person um, by changing how they think, it's equally um, against connection, right? It's equally dismissive of the other person. And so I'm encouraging both sides or any, any version of in between um, to participate in those conversations or in this whole season um, with love, seeking connection and keeping in mind the testimony that, that we have an opportunity to demonstrate to the world in this season. And so the verse I'll leave with you with is uh, one of my favorite verses. You'll find it as the theme verse of one of my favorite books, which is uh, the, Restless, the Ruthless Elimination of Hurry. And it comes from 1 Thessalonians 4, verse 11. And it says, Aspire or make it your driving ambition to lead a calm and peaceful life as you mind your own business, and earn your living, just as we've taught you. By doing this, you will live an honorable life, influencing others and commanding respect of even the unbelievers. Then, you'll in, you, then you will be in need of nothing and not dependent upon others. So that's a contradiction at the beginning, at, at least as far as we're concerned. It says, make it your driving ambition to lead a quiet and peaceful life. And so use all of your focus, all of your energy that might be burned on debating or arguing or offense, which affects us so poorly right now, um, use all of that energy instead of in those areas um, to, to lead a quiet and peaceful life, to lead a, a life where you can, um, you're at peace enough in yourself and in your identity in Christ that you can relate to others even when they're disagreeing with you, even then when they're um, violently disagreeing with you, which is certainly the case, um, and even when they hate you. Because that is where our opportunity to love others comes in. That is where the love of Jesus shines the brightest. Not when we're in a meeting with people who all agree with us and all signed off on the same checklists of policy and theology and politics. And so, that's my message today. What has politics revealed in America? And how can we, as followers of Jesus, reveal Jesus in